Good evening. It is, it is 7 o'clock, so we will, we will make a start. Uh, a, a welcome to uh, all members, uh, and a welcome to members of the uh, public who have come along this evening. We don't have any members of the press here uh, at the moment. We're also awaiting Councillor Howard Rolfe, who I'm sure will be here uh, shortly. I, I do just need to inform you, members, that as of now, uh, this meeting is being sound recorded, and, uh, and as, as part of the pilot that we are doing uh, for recording uh, council meetings, which will be, and that, and that recording will be available on the, the council website. However, later in the meeting, or at the end of the meeting, there is a part two item for which, which will not be uh, uh, recorded. So we will ma uh, make a start, and I understand this evening that we have one member of the public who wishes to speak, and I think that's Mrs. Hugo. Oh, you're, okay. Like to come, like to come forward. That one, isn't it? That's it. Um, this is in regards to the developer contributions um, that have been put forward, or the, or the you know, the document. Um, in December, we were very happy to obtain plan permission to build our family home. Um, we have since had requests for S106 payments of between £25,000 and £36,000. Um, these payments have shocked us and have threatened to make our self-build dream unviable, um, especially as we have noticed that other local councils do not charge self-builders or people building one unit. We are fully aware of the recent government recommendations to support and encourage self-builders like ourselves by removing unfair taxes such as CIL and S106. Because of this, we think Oxford policy of requesting a large S106 payment from us towards affordable housing is unfair. We see our self-builders affordable housing for our family, and if we are forced to pay this large sum of money, we would have to sell our plot, making the dream of building your own home a privilege only for people with lots of money. We have read the recent developer contributions document by Andrew Taylor and we are very happy to see the recommendations have changed again and that people building one unit or a self-build home should be exempt from contributions. We are asking you to please vote and support this recommendation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Parker, did you want to make any, any comment? Uh... Um, Chairman, no I wouldn't. I mean, it's the second time this young couple have been here. Um, what I would just ask, Chairman, if, if, we, if it's possible, we could bring item forward, item 10 forward, so that we don't hold up proceedings and they can get home, as it were. Okay, thank you very much. Members, then we will move on with our meeting to item one on our agenda. Apologies for absence. Um, have, we have apologies from Councillor Howell and Councillor Godwin. Thank you. Sorry, Chairman. Also, um, apologies from Councillor Ranger. Thank you very much. Any declarations of interest? There are none. Chairman, in respect, I think, of item 14, the ABORS policy, as a member of Essex County Council. Thank you, Councillor Barker. Right. Minutes of the meeting held on the 18th of February 2014. Uh, is it uh, your wish, members, that I may sign those as a correct record of that meeting? Thank you very much. I will take matters arising uh, fr from that. I'll take them by, by item. 75, 76, 77, 78, 79, 80, 
81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, and 88, 89, 90. Thank you, members. That concludes the minutes. Item four on our agenda is members' questions. Do I have any questions from members? Thank you very much, David. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Uh, my question is to Councillor Barker. Um, it's a parking-related thing. It's specific, but I think it has wider implications uh, than the specific key, uh, issue I'm going to talk about. Um, we've had considerable problems at uh, Henham and Ugly School about parking. Uh, we had zigzag lines um, that were put in some years ago, and then we were told that uh, parking on these lines couldn't be penalised because we don't have enforcement notices. We had um, officers round uh, to look at that. Um, but my main concern is that um, two very important local agencies in Henham, the school governors and Henham Parish Council, are very keen to see parking controls extended. And uh, we were very pleased when one of the ladies from uh, the parking partnership, Lisa Hinman, came to visit the school and also the parish council and seemed to agree with what the parish council and uh, the school suggested, uh, only to be then told that uh, this wasn't going to be possible when she consulted with uh, fellow officers. Um, I think the, there's two issues here. One um, about this particular school incident, which um, I know um, Councillor Barker is, is aware of it, but there's also a concern that um, the people on the ground, the local agencies, aren't being listened to by the partnership, and I'm concerned about that because um, it's very difficult to go back and uh, sort of try to make excuses, which I don't think we should be making, um, when the people on the ground know exactly what their demands are and what the concerns are of people and parents and residents. So I just wondered if you'd like to make a comment, Councillor Barker, on that. Thank you, Councillor Morrison. Councillor Parker. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Um, thank you, Councillor Morrison. I'm aware that you and I exchanged a number of emails around this, and I certainly received emails um, directly or indirectly from the school on this issue. Um, there are two particular issues here. The zigzag lies. Many zigzag lies were introduced by Essex County Council some time ago, which did not have the appropriate traffic regulation orders in place. Henham and Ugly is one of the schools that was listed recently that will be the, the, the actual paperwork, if you like, behind the zigzag lines will shortly be, be corrected and that will be in place. That doesn't need any further consultation or anything else. Our technical officer at the parking partnership, Mr Shane Taylor, has looked at the situation at the school and he does not believe that additional restrictions will help the situation. I have to rely on a technical officer and on the scoring matrix that he produces to make a decision as to whether or not we should be progressing with something. I'm quite happy to reopen the case and to see if there is something we think we can do that may help, but the advice I had at the time was that it was felt that additional restrictions in that area would not help the parent parking problem. 
We will, of course, shortly, um, once the zigzag lines do have an enforcement, we will be able to monitor that using the camera car, if that's a particular area you'd like looked at. And, of course, if people are obstructing pavements or driveways, then we can ask the police or the PCSO to have a look at that. But if you wish me to come down and have a look with the officer again at anything that might be doable, then I'm quite happy to do that. I would appreciate that very much, and I'm sure both the parish council and the school would, because I think if we can come to some consensus on this, it would be very helpful, but I do understand what you're saying, but I have to also try and deal with the situation with these very important local agencies who are concerned about the safety of children. Thank you, anyway, for your offer. Thank you very much, Councillor Wilson. Are there any other questions from uh, members who are not members of the executive? If there are not, we'll move on to item six. Um, that is referred to the executive in accordance with the provision of the overview and scrutiny procedure rules or the budget and policy framework procedure rules. Um, Councillor Wilson, is there anything you wish to add from the scrutiny point of view? Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Howell isn't here at the present time, so, uh, and I've not been made aware of anything from the Performance and Audit Committee. So uh, we will then uh, move on to seven reports, if any, from the um, Performance and Audit Committee and Scrutiny Committee. And I have I've had nothing submitted. So we move on then to the, to the agenda. And we're going to uh, take item 10 uh, in view of our visitors. Item 10 uh, first, if we may, uh, which is the developer contribution guidance. Councillor Barker. Thank you, Chairman. Um, this, Chairman, this guidance has been previously agreed by members and considered by members yet again as recently as the last Cabinet meeting. The revision proposed today seeks not to collect contributions for affordable housing on schemes for individual houses. The reasoning behind this is that a number of single units could prove to be unviable should such contributions be sought, and this would reduce the number of such sites coming forwards and contributing to supply. The recommendation is set out in paragraph 3 and the details in paragraph 2.4 to 2.7 on page 46 of your papers. There are no other changes proposed. While proposing these changes, I would mention that the Department of Communities and Local Government has just recently announced that it will be consulting on affordable house contributions or provision on schemes of 10 units or less. If as a result of this consultation, DCLG changes its guidance, this area will be needed to be revisited yet again. I'd like to propose the recommendation and I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Councillor Barker. Does that find a seconder? It does. Thank I you will, very much. But can I ask a question first of all? Um, what we're deciding on is, is this and not the consultation. Could I ask what measures have been put in place? I totally agree self-builds not, should not be charged, but what does concern me is that if a developer starts putting one application and builds and then builds the next one and the next one um, as three separate applications, is there any mechanism to make sure this doesn't happen on sites? You'll, find, you'll find that that is covered in paragraphs, whichever it is, somewhere between 2.4 and 2.7. I can't find the page now, but it's certainly covered there. That uh, We have covered it. Um, yes, that we, we would... Uh, Assess every single 2.5. Oh, 2.5, okay. Right. 
because that is, yes, we, we wouldn't like to see somebody dividing something up into six plots and yeah, exactly. doing yeah, each exactly. one individually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. Thank well, you. There you have it, uh, members. Are, are there any other questions uh, on the developer contributions guidance agenda item 10? If there are not, then the recommendation uh, on page 38 at paragraph 3. Can I have a show of hands in favour, please? That's unanimous. Thank you very much. We will go back to uh, item 8 on our agenda. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you. We go back to item 8 on our agenda, which is the procurement strategy, uh, which is going to be uh, presented by Councillor Robert Chambers. Thank you, Leader. Leader, this is the routine annual refresh of the procurement strategy to provide direction to the Council's procurement activity. It also serves to demonstrate to our auditors that our approach to procurement is sound and provides good value for money. The strategy sets out a programme of work for the coming year that are directly linked to the corporate plan, which, as I'm sure you're all aware of, the themes are low tax, value for money, responsible growth and prosperity. The key points are really these. In the past year, procurement work directly led to more than £150,000 of cost savings. That's quite a considerable sum. Secondly, major contracts have been let, including those for the museum store, boiler replacements and insurance. The main priority for the coming year is the letting of several new contracts for council housing improvements and repairs, which I know Councillor Redfern will be delighted about. And work will also continue to improve the efficiency of our pro processes, as in all the other areas of the Council, and we shall be investing in better contract management. Leader, I put the uh, um, recommendation as on page 10, um, paragraph 4, but if there are any questions, then I would be delighted to attempt to answer them. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Redfern, thank you. Anybody wish to speak to this particular item, procurement strategy? Councillor Cheatham. Just a query, what are you, you say, um, item five, action, seek engagement with the London Stands to Cambridge Consortium to work for procurement opportunities. I just wouldn't, wouldn't mind a little bit of explanation on that. Sorry, page eight, down the bottom, last one. Page 8, on the action, current ambitions oh, and priorities. Okay. See the plan. Sorry. That's okay. Right, yes. Number 4. No, number 5. 5. Yep. Right. What that... You have to put your microphone on. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was concentrating on that. Um, what we're talking about here is, obviously, there are... Um, opportunities to work with better partnerships to ensure that we can get a better price on procurement. Now what we're trying to do is obviously we're trying to expand things so that the more we can get together on certain things we should be able to save money. Now it's obviously it, it's in its initial phases so uh, I can't give you a detailed answer on it but 
whole idea of procurement is, and it's been something over the years where we have actually been trying to save money, and this year, as I said in, in what, what I said earlier, we've saved £150,000, which is no mean sum, but ultimately we'd be uh, looking to save even more money. Mr Joyce. Yeah, just, just to add that uh, um, working with the London Stansted Cambridge Consortium is a key objective of the corporate plan. And clearly there are organisations in the consortium that may have similar purchasing needs to our own. And uh, we hope there will be opportunities to collaborate and perhaps get some, uh, get some sort of savings in our procurement spend by working with those partners. Thank you very much. Councillor Rolfe. As uh, somebody who spends a lot of their life around collaborative procurement, I fully endorse that approach um, and, and, and compliment uh, the, the report generally. Um, we heard, uh, I think, some time ago about e-procurement, and I just wondered if you could just flesh out uh, a little bit more in terms of uh, how um, that is going to work in Uttlesford. Is it going to work with partners and what the timescale for full implementation is? Thank you. Chairman. Um, we're currently trialling an e-procurement package with members of the procurement agency for Essex, which is effectively all the other boroughs and districts in Essex, several housing associations, Essex Fire and Rescue. So we're, we're trialling a new package with them, um, an organisation you may have heard of called BIP Delta. Uh, we're in its infancy, we've got a free trial with them, um, about to go out on one of the housing ones, we'll see how that goes and we've just introduced a new purchase order system, so all the systems are now coming together. Thank you. May I ask, Chairman, if we have the budget, if, if, if we're happy with the trial, do we have the budget to fully implement uh, this? I believe we do. It, it's a collaborative initiative, so we're trying to negotiate a deal, not just as us as the District Council, but, a, but across for the, for the whole of the, uh, for the, the whole of Essex. Um, procurement manager at Harlow is leading on that initiative for us and doing a really good job uh, with it, it's going to be hundreds of pounds rather than thousands of pounds. Thank you very much. I was pleased to see it was e-buy and not e-bay, but uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Leader, if I, if, I, if I could just yeah. say on, on that, that um, uh, thank you very much, Christine. That's very kind of you. Um, but the whole idea of procurement is because it has been difficult in the past then of course we have sufficient money in the budget to be able to do it because otherwise there's no point going ahead. The second part about it is, as I briefly said, with something like this it does take time. But as you can see, if you look at this year, how much we saved this year, how much we saved last year, how much we saved the year before, touch wood, it's going up year by year. But it does take time to implement it. So it, it is not a quick process, as I'm sure Councillor Roth knows better than I do, but it is, we are moving forward and it is beginning to work. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. It has been proposed and seconded that the recommendation at paragraph 4 on page 10 uh, be approved. Can I hear, see a show of hands, please? Thank you, that's carried. Can I just congratulate Christine on the work that she's done in the procurement department? Because I absolutely agree with Councillor Chambers. Um, we have made significant advances over the last uh, three or four years, and I think it's uh, to the Council's benefit. Thank you. 
I'm sure we endorse that. Thank you very much. Leader, Leader, my sincere apologies. I was thinking about saying that, and then I, 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 my mind just went blank. But thank you very much indeed. We're very grateful for all the work. It, it is beginning to come to fruition now, and we're absolutely delighted. So thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Moving on to the next item on our agenda this evening, item 9, the Asset Management Plan, Councillor Chambers. Thank you, Leader. Quite a few pages on this one, so uh, just to keep you, uh, keep you awake. <coughs> Leader, this is the, um, the annual um, report that's put before the uh, Cabinet each year. On page 3 of the plan, you'll be able to see the work that's been undertaken on council assets in 13-14. This includes transferring some assets to Takeley Parish Council, which I'm sure Mrs Cheatham is pleased about, or I hope she is, uh, and commencing the build of the new museum store. On page 4 are items from 2013-14 that have not yet been completed and are therefore carried forward into next year. This includes the work on the castle, which is on the agenda tonight, and I will speak about in a little uh, more length on that particular item. On page five are the new items for this coming year, two of which are being discussed later in the, in the agenda tonight, the Thaxted CIC Library and the Department of Works and Pensions use of the Lodge House. And for the first time, the plan includes location maps for each asset, which I think you will agree is a significant improvement you can actually see on the piece of paper where those pieces are. If you think about Uttlesford Leader, lots of district councils, when they came into being in 1974, I th hope I've got the year right, um, a lot of councils had got lots of assets. Uttlesford had not got a lot of assets, and we still have very few. We are looking very carefully and trying to make sure that we can get a forward plan, as I know Councillor Rolfe is concerned about. But what we've got to make sure is this is a bit like um, your own silverware, if you like. Once you've sold it, it's gone. And I'm always a little bit apprehensive that if you do manage to sell off all your assets and they're not ring-fenced, that you could come to a point where somebody might come along and say, oh, we've got plenty of money, and spend it. So I think we have to be very careful on this. I'm probably speaking out of turn, but I feel very strongly about this. Because we haven't got that many assets, we need to look to the future to make sure that we make the best use of those assets. Leader, uh, I've, I've said enough, I'm sure, but uh, I'd like to recommend the Cabinet to approve the asset management plan as attached to this report, <coughs> and delighted to answer any questions if Members so wish. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Does that find a seconder? Thank you, Councillor Rolfe. Does anybody wish to speak to the asset management plan? Oh, sorry, Councillor Barker. Chairman, not directly to the asset management plan itself, um, but rather to the fact that we received this asset management plan, but we don't, at this Cabinet, receive the asset management plan in the same format for those assets we hold in the housing arena. And it seems sort of slightly odd to me that we receive this, but that this same forum doesn't look at those odd pieces of land owned by the housing department. And I wondered why that is. Could I say, Leader, that uh, 
I won't say I'm guessing at this, but housing revenue accounts completely separate from the rest. Uh, and I'm sure Councillor Mrs Redfern has all the uh, relevant information uh, on all the, uh, the, the housing parts, should you wish to. Am I right, Mrs Redfern? Almost, Councillor Chambers. Um, quite correct that the um, housing assets come under the housing revenue account, but it is actually goes through the housing board rather than through this forum. And we are, um, as most of you know, we are looking at all our assets at the mo <laughs> all our assets at the moment, and um, making sure making the best use of them. But if Councillor Barker wants to um, see a pictorial list of them, we've also got that. But I'm pretty sure that's. Um, also coming to the next housing board because we've got several sites that we're um, looking at for improvement, but it doesn't come through this forum. Thank you. Councillor Rolfe. Thank you, Chairman, and, uh, and again, I fully support this, uh, this plan. I'd like to uh, draw attention to um, item six on page five, uh, the pr new priorities for 2014-15. Um, I fully endorse uh, Councillor Chambers' comment about selling the family silver, um, and uh, clearly that would not be economically sensible in most cases, um, but uh, selling the family's bits and pieces, the stuff you keep in the loft, uh, may uh, be of interest to the Council, and, and, uh, and therefore when we're undertaking this strategic review, I think we should be fairly analytical in terms of the long-term benefit of some of our assets and whether they will ever give us a financial return. Clearly, they might give us a community return. That's a different criteria, and I accept that that could be a benefit. But I would also like to consider, in it, when that review is undertaken, in terms of how we enrich our assets. Uh, Councillor Chambers himself, as I've said before, has enriched the Council's assets in terms of the building that we're sitting in at the moment uh, and areas like that. And it sometimes takes vision to look ahead. And uh, we should seriously look at that in terms of giving this Council a longer-term uh, financial benefit. Thank you, Councillor Rolfe. Leader, only too happy to do that. Thank you. Uh, I, th I think that the uh, maps that are attached are very useful uh, in... Uh people being able to locate where these various uh, pieces of land, uh, some are rather strange, uh, odd strips, but they're quite useful to be able to identify exactly where they are. Uh, Councillor Lemon. Uh, thank you. Um, yes, on page four, item 10, um, I know we've spoken about this, the Waitrose um, store extension and car park. Um, is it at a standstill or is it something that will be moving forward? We are progressing that as quickly as we possibly can, um, Councillor Lemon. Um, I hope we shall have some news for you in the not-too-distant future. I think Councillor Barker but will probably deal with that item uh, when we come um, to the car parking. She item, might not maybe. say the same as me, Leader. Yeah. <laughs> Councillor Cheatham. Item 6 on page 4. Uh, how are we doing on trying to find a replacement area for our depot? No, well, I think it was actually... I'm asking you, Councillor Chambers, as it's under your report. Page 4, item 6, finalising the way forward for the Great Dunmo Depot. Great Dunmo Depot. Mm -hmm. um, 
we are looking very carefully at, at Great Dunmo Depot. Um, if anything were to happen, obviously, in this, with regard, and I think you're referring to the Stansted Airport property. Well, in particular with that one is that, yeah. that um, obviously we're fully aware that part of the airport things could happen and part of the airport things cannot happen. Um, but we are looking at all options and it will be coming before the Cabinet in due time when you will be able to discuss it just the same as everybody else. Uh, that's right. Uh, but there is also dialogue was also opened with off-site, with off-airport alternative sites. It doesn't mention where, and I just wondered whether where we those were looking. Those negotiations are, are still ongoing, and, and okay. it is not. I don't think it would be right and proper to mention those That's in fine. an open forum at the present time. Okay, fine. Thank you. Thank you very much. Anybody else uh, on this particular item? If there isn't, then I shall put the recommendation at paragraph 5 on page 29. The Cabinet is recommended to approve the asset management plan as attached. But please show. Thank you. That's unanimous. Item 11 on our agenda this evening is new partnerships, uh, which Councillor Howard Rolfe is going to deal with. Thank you, Chairman. Um, as you'll see from uh, point one, the summary, um, <coughs> this is about use of assets, so it's uh, consistent with our last item. Um, there are two particular assets that uh, we want to recommend uh, this evening, and I'll take them um, separately. The first uh, is to use the ground floor of the lodge, the building in our own grounds adjacent to this building, uh, by the Department for Work and Pensions for an initial two-year period. And I draw colleagues' attention to point five on page 64 in terms of how that will be used, uh, in particular um, that it will be a training centre um, uh, to help the long-term unemployed back to work um, and uh, the opportunity to work with other agencies as well. Um, in terms of uh, the, any financial implication to the Council, the, 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 this would be rent-free. We have had an indication that if it's not, they wouldn't come, and we, we are very keen that DWP do come. We do have a longer-term agenda, but that's not what we're talking about tonight. Um, they are, however, going to uh, redecorate and, um, uh, the building and make it fit for purpose, and one of the benefits of that will be that there will be an opportunity for uh, the Council to have a training room um, upstairs uh, as well, uh, or a large meeting room stroke training facility upstairs. So, uh, all in all, Chairman, I think this is a very um, good opportunity for uh, this Council to work uh, in closer partnership with DWP for the benefit of, uh, of the unemployed, particularly the longer-term unemployed, and I therefore recommend 2.1 to the Council. If you'd like me to take a complete vote, I'll now come on to point two, uh, which is the use of the Thaxted Community Information Centre. Uh, colleagues will be aware that it was the former Barclays Bank in the High Street of Thaxted. Um, the, the, the library service is, is currently housed in uh, Clarence House. Uh, it's open for one uh, full day on Friday from 9.30 to 3.30 and uh, three other half days, two in the afternoon, one in the morning. And um, 
because, uh, well, basically Essex County Council have asked uh, that the library service be moved out of Clarence House, and I think it's uh, in the public domain that it is unlikely, it is likely that, that, uh, that Clarence House will then uh, be put to other use by Essex County Council, but in any case, uh, the library service needs to move from it. We, uh, fortunately, have the facility that I've just described already, um, and because the, uh, because of the financial pressures, the least withdrawing from that facility a couple of years ago, uh, we do have spare room. Uh, so here again, we'll create a very effective community asset that is used by Thaxted Parish Council. Uh, it is used uh, in part as a, a, as a tourist centre staffed by volunteers. And to put the library there uh, and be able to open the library with the use of volunteers uh, on a more regular basis than currently is the case, again, is a, is a, um, is, is a good situation. It is marginally smaller. I think I must point out to Cabinet that there's a potential 10% uh, reduction in shelf stock, but we do believe that the usage will increase. Uh, so that is the second part of the recommendation, uh, Chairman. Very happy to take questions, uh, otherwise I so propose. Thank you, Councillor Rolfe. I, I propose to deal with these in, uh, as, as they are quite separate items. I, I, shall, I shall take them uh, separately. So. Would you like to move the, the first item, Councillor Rolfe? Indeed, I so move 2.1, the use of the lodge uh, on the ground floor for the Department for Work and Pensions and creating a facility upstairs. The thank you. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Cheatham, thank you. Does anybody wish to speak to this, which is a very positive motion? Councillor Redfern. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I just wanted to say when I um, first read this report, I was immediately, what, we're doing something for nothing? Um, as we're supposed to be making better use of our assets. But once I read this, I thought it was a fantastic idea and I'd very much like to um, see some kind of um, promotion of this to local businesses because having a small business myself, to, to know that there's somewhere for the Job Centre Plus to be on a more permanent basis would be a um, fantastic asset for the town. So I'm very, very happy to support this. Thank you, Councillor Redfern. I, I, I think we should be clear that this is not a job centre. Well, this is a training facility and there is a, there is a difference. Right. Anybody else wish to uh, speak? Councillor Cheatham. I believe in if they have a training centre there, they do have facilities at the training centre for people to actually access, and I presume that will be happening there, will it? Or are we just getting a training centre with no, nothing else? Because I think it is quite important that there should be at least the computer terminal there where they can access into the system. Yeah, clearly, placing people in employment is, 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 a, is a different skill, and at the moment, all we're talking about is a training centre. I'm very happy to take further advice on that from Mr. Webb. But, um yes, at, at the moment, it is a training centre. We will be providing them with the computers and the use of the network to be able to access the internet. Um, we hope to develop what they're doing as time goes on, but um, that takes a little bit of negotiation. Thank you, Mr. Webb. Anybody else wish to comment on this item? If not, then I shall put um, the recommendation at paragraph 2 on page 63, little 1, to the vote. Those in favour, please show. Again, that is unanimous. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Rolfe, would you like to move the other item? I, I, I so propose uh, recommendation 2.2 that in partnership with Essex County Council's library service to use the Thaxted Community Information Centre as the new location for the library and uh, as uh, colleagues will have read but uh, there will be rent in lieu of that as well. Uh, I so propose. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? 
Thank you, Councillor Redfern. Anybody wish to speak to this item? Right, it appears not, therefore it is quite straightforward. Uh, therefore, I shall put the, the uh, recommendation, uh, the motion at paragraph 2, little 2, on page 63, to the vote. Those in favour, please show. Thank you, that's carried unanimously. Thank you. Moving on to item 12 on our agenda this evening, uh, the flooding business support scheme, Councillor Robert Chambers. Thank you. Thank you, Leader. Last month, the Council decided to give business rates relief to local businesses who recently suffered flooding. As of today, we have received seven completed applications for this relief, and a few more are expected to arrive soon. The second phase is to make available business support grants to businesses affected by flooding, whether directly or indirectly. And the third phase relates to repair and renew grants, which is an item on the agenda for next Monday's Cabinet meeting. With regard to the business support grants, the Government has, and I'm delighted about it, given us funding of £22,500. This is intended to help small and medium-sized businesses who have suffered uninsured losses because of the flooding. The average claim is expected to be around £2,500, so we anticipate that this money will help something in the region of nine local businesses, should it be necessary. I think the other thing I would like to mention, Leader, is that um, we are looking at the possibility of helping other people with, who have been flooded. Now, this is not something on tonight's agenda, but it is something which we are actively looking at because those people who have suffered severe flooding, if there is something that we can do to help them, then we will do all we can to look at and see if it's possible to support them. But that's not for tonight. This is purely about the business support scheme. Uh, and I would like to propose that the, the recommendations, first of all, to agree the principle of operating the scheme to support all small and medium-sized businesses in flood-affected areas that have been impacted by the floods and suffered a significant loss of trade. And secondly, to authorise the Assistant Chief Executive Finance to determine the arrangements for claiming financial support and to administer the scheme. I so propose, Leader. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Does that find a seconder? I will second that. Thank I you, Councillor Just a question. Um, have we publicised this quite widely? Because, of course, there are certain areas that were hit quite badly by the flooding. How, how do we do the publicity on this? What they, how did we publicise this? You say you've only had seven completed forms back. How, how did you publicise this? I mean, we have, we have Do apologise, Leader. Not used to all these uh, new technological things. Um, with regard to that, obviously there were, there were some properties that were affected and there were some businesses, but thankfully not too many in this area. What we are, as I said, what we are trying to do is we are trying to have a look at the possibility, and I stress the possibility, of helping other flooded premises but we haven't had an enormous amount because luckily in this area we haven't had the sort of flooding that they have in certain other areas. Mr Joyce, I think you wanted to come in. 
Yes, just to add, we wrote directly to all businesses we knew had been affected by flooding. We had some good intelligence on that from parish councils. Also, a number of members wrote to me with details of businesses they knew had been affected. Uh, we also put material on our website and did a press release. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Joyce. Does anybody else wish to speak to uh, this item? If not, I shall put the recommendations one and two, uh, at paragraphs one and two, uh, on page 66. Put those to the vote. Those in favour, please show. Thank you. That's carried. Item 13, Walden Castle. And I happen to know that Councillor Chambers is very interested in castles. I love castles, Leader. Particularly Norman castles, but preferably between the years of 1066 and 1087, if anybody remembers their history. Um, <laughs> Leader, the castle ruins are a scheduled an ancient monument. I've got it on, Councillor Redfern, I hope. Um, and as the Cabinet will be aware, it is owned by the Council, but is in very poor repair. The Council has carried out remedial works over the last year in partnership with English Heritage and has set aside some capital funding for further consolidation work. However, it is important to have a vision for the site, something which the Council can aspire to over the next few years. It is this which I'm asking the Cabinet to support tonight. Now, you will notice in the papers here certain things that have been uh, looked at. We've got to obviously be careful with the environment as it stands at the moment. We've got to make sure that we make the best use of it. But if I can be just a little critical leader, if I may, critical is not the right word. I feel very passionately about Saffron Walden Castle. And Saffron Walden Castle, I think, is going to be a very important factor as not only the castle, but the museum as well. We have an excellent museum. If, and it is a big if, but it is looking further ahead than this paper here, if we can link the two together so that people actually come to the castle to see the castle, to look at the tradition, maybe have something in the, in the middle when it's all cleared out, but that's much further ahead. But they'll come to the castle, look at the castle, go in the museum... You'll get more kids there. They'll learn more about uh, our traditional history, if you like, which, as I've said to you, the Norman period is particularly... Uh, I don't know why, but it is. But No, you don't like it. I know, Councillor Mawson. Very ruthless, but nevertheless, um, very, very important to, to English history. Um, and I think if the two get linked together and you go a little bit further than this paper is talking about... I think it will be a major factor in not only Saffron Walden, but Uttlesford itself, and the income should, that is generated should be make the museum, I hope, self-sufficient, and maybe even a little to spare for the council, whichever council is here in the future. So I do feel very strongly about this, but it is very positive. We're actually do something, doing something about it, which rather than get a bulldozer in and push it all down... We're actually going to have our castle back after many, many years. And I'd like to make the recommendation on here to approve the master plan and vision for the Walden Castle site, bearing in mind what I've said further ahead in, in visionary terms. Thank you, Leader. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Does that find a seconder? Uh, 
Councillor Walters, you're happy to second that. Thank you. Can Thank I you, Councillor Walters. Um, I would very much like to support this idea. I, having lived opposite the old castle and the grounds for nearly 40 years, it never seems to be going anywhere. It wasn't that widely used, and yet I always felt there was some potential. And I think this, this initiative is excellent. I know there's quite a lot of uh, funding involved, but I think that will certainly enhance that location for the reasons that Councillor Chambers has said. And I think overall it will be a, an attraction uh, for visitors as much as for local residents. So I will fully support this uh, particular proposal. Thank you, Councillor Walters. Councillor Parker. Thank you, Chairman. Um, Chairman, I'm aware that the museum next door to the castle has an organisation called um, Friends of Saffron Walden Museum who raise funds for work at the museum, upkeep and, and other items. Um, have we considered such an organisation for the castle? Far easier for that sort of organisation to raise money, look for grants that could help enhance this work rather than the whole burden falling on the district council? I note that we have received £20,000 from English Heritage, but in terms of an ongoing project such as this, that's a, a drop in the ocean. And I do wonder whether we've looked elsewhere or looked at other mechanisms for looking after the castle. Right, Leader, we are continually looking at... Sorry, Mr Harper, are taking your... Uh, we, we are con I, I was going to say, I, I see Mr Taylor coming to the yes, table. Yes, I know, and, and I know I, but Mr I, Taylor I think... will keep quiet until I've finished. I... Thank you, Mr Taylor. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't mind. <laughs> I didn't realise he was even there. Um, we are constantly looking at this, and it is quite obvious that in the future, the District Council would not be able to pay for the proper refurbishment of the castle, because it is going to take a lot of money. But I remember several years ago, Leader, as I'm sure you do, and probably Councillor Walters as well, when the museum had a, a, a revamp or they wanted a revamp, they actually went out and asked people to uh, contribute towards it. They wanted £250,000, and I don't mind admitting that I said to them, you're in cloud cuckoo land, you'll never get it. They did, and they didn't take that long to get it. So the point is that if we can get the momentum going with the castle, that I think we can get people from not only Uttlesford, but other places as well, other, or other people apart from other organisations like English Heritage, National Trust, whatever it might be, who I think, once they saw we were making some inroads into it, we would actually be able to get some grants from them. So I... I do think there's lots of opportunities. Thank you. Mr Webb. Sorry, Mr Thank you, Leader. I was just going to clarify a couple of points from the Council Chambers made. Uh, Initially, talking about the, extent, um, the development of the museum itself, there will be in about 12 months a plan coming here for an extension to the existing building to develop that, and that will hopefully then link into the improvements at the castle. So there are plans for the museum as well. In terms of what Councillor Barker was talking about, about the friends of the museum, it's actually South Morden Museum Society. And what we they are slightly different um, because they own the museum and they own the collections of the museum and they lease it to us. So it is slightly different, but I can see the merits in trying to set up a Friends of the Castle as well. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Webb. Uh, Councillor Rolfe, you want to say? Yeah, I just uh, commend some of the ideas. Uh, much has been said about the castle itself, but uh, I would like to commend colleagues, and I'm sorry for those listening, they can't see these uh, um, drawings and impressions, but uh, um, pages um, 9 and 10 of the report showing 
the corner of uh, Church Street um, and, um, and then subsequently the entrance to uh, the, um, the, the, the castle on 14 and 15 in both daylight and dusk. Um, if, if, if the reality was as good as the pictures, uh, this would really enhance and, uh, and I think then Councillor Barker's idea of creating some kind of uh, friends and support mechanism re really would take off because it would be a very lively and attractive asset. Councillor Cheatham and then... I just wanted to ask to make sure that those, actually I found those, those drawings very interesting, that they will be on the website. So uh, that, that, that means that people can actually look at them. Uh, I totally endorse what Councillor, Councillor uh, Barker has said. Uh, friends of, of, of societies, friends of churches, they can actually gather in a lot more money than a district council can or a parish council because there's a lot of funds and trusts out there that won't touch you if you are part of local government. Mr Taylor. Thank you, Chairman. Just a couple of brief comments, if I may. Um, Mr Webb's already mentioned the, the work with the Museum Society, um, and as well as this document, which purely looks at the castle, we have developed, or jointly developing, a, a joint um, brief for the entire site, which does exactly, as you say, link those things together, but it's not at the stage to bring to you. Um, in terms of just an update on this report, um, the castle, the, the pedestrian gate that Councillor Rolf just mentioned, that has now received scheduled ancient monument consent from English Heritage, so that work can proceed very quickly. The tenders have, have gone out to that, so work can progress very quickly. Um, work happened this week on the <laughs> castle as well, doing various vegetation works to allow more consolidation works to, to commence when it gets slightly warmer. But yes, it's actually a, a living beast because things are developing all the time. But uh, Councillor Barker's point about uh, friends of, um, I think when we get to a stage where it's a bit more consolidated and there is less perhaps risk to some of that, then that sort of thing can be moved forward. Thank you, Mr Taylor. I'll just remind members, of course, that um, this is a, a scheduled ancient monument which is on the English Heritage at Risk um, Register uh, and therefore, it being in our ownership, we do have a liability um, to keep this um, structure in, in good order. That being the case... Sorry, Leader. Sorry, I know, I know I keep helping on going back. Because it's part of our history, and if we can actually get started on that work, success breeds success. And that's why, I mean, Mr Taylor has just said briefly that even now things are beginning to happen. And once some people see that it's happening and we can advertise it, then I think we will get an awful lot of help for it. I hope I'm there to see it completely refurbished. Thank you very much, Councillor Lawson. Did you want to... Say. Briefly, I think what a lot of people have said is that um, over the years we've worked very closely with the Museum Society. The Museum Society are now taking on the role of developing the museum and putting money into that and it relates to the development of the castle um, and the site has to be maintained. Um, so I think you know, the idea that um, the council's going it alone isn't the right idea. The, the Museum Society are playing quite a big part in this and they always have done. And just as a point of history for Councillor Chambers, Uttlesford preceded the castle but was destroyed when the Normans came. <laughs> Thank you, Councillor Lawson. <laughs> right. Unless there is anyone else who wishes to speak on the matter of Walden Castle, I intend to put the recommendation on page 71 at paragraph 4 to approve the master plan and vision for Suffolk Castle site to the vote. Those in favour, please show. Thank you, that's carried.
Right. Item 14 on our agenda this evening is Uttlesford District Council A Board approach. Uh, and I think Councillor Alistair Walters is going to deal with this matter. Thank you, Leader. Um, <clears throat> over the years, um, particularly when I was a town councillor, the question of A boards uh, used to crop up and, and enforcement, usually after there had been an incident. But there's never been what I would call uh, a major problem because the incidents have tended to be very spasmodic. Uh, just before Christmas, uh, there were concerns expressed about A boards in, uh, in, uh, down in particularly in Saffron Walden and some of our towns and um, we <coughs> looked into this situation and formed a working party <coughs> consisting of myself and Councillor Rolf and two officers to look very seriously into this question in regard to enforcement and we discovered that in fact we had no particular policy for Uttlesford and no enforcement policy, and the enforcement at the end of the day lies with Essex County Council. There is nothing at all to stop us having an enforcement policy if we so wish, but that would have to be sent to Essex County Council for approval. Our particular working group um, considered all the, uh, the applications and situations and decided that with the policy that we had to encourage retailers in our towns in Uttlesford, that this was not the time to get heavy-handed and there was no necessity for us to do so. But we did believe there should be some guidelines issued to retailers so they knew exactly where they were with regard to A-boards. Uh, some believe these are very important for their businesses. I'm not convinced that is necessarily the case. But if that's what they believe, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Our main concern was, of course, uh, people with disabilities and people with uh, prams and things like that maybe having a, a, causing an injury so they walked into one of these A-boards. But considering all the various factors, we decided that we would come out with guidelines which would be issued to these retailers. And the guidelines basically were advice to how they should behave with regard to A-boards and basing it on a document from Essex County Council, a very good document and very well illustrated, which is available for districts for guidelines, and this is in a four-page document. Uh, with that would be a covering letter basically saying, um, use your common sense, use these particular guidelines as a, a way of approaching a board, and be very much aware that if there is an injury caused at, at any case, the uh, district council and the county council would not be responsible for any of these injuries. That would be the responsibility of the person or the company putting out the a board. We also recommended as well that they took out third-party liability uh, to cover themselves against that eventuality. Um, we agreed this was the policy. We thought that would be a very acceptable situation for the retailers when we we're trying to encourage them to develop their business throughout the district. And this is our proposal tonight. The recommendations being adopt the Uttlesford District Council A Board approach, which is this. Um, we have always, we have the reservation at the end of the day to say that Uttlesford District Council reserves the right to re revise these guidelines if the situation ever got out of control and became a real problem. So we have that proviso. The second uh, recommendation is to encourage businesses to work within the existing Essex County policy and the Uttlesford guidelines for businesses. And finally, one which I don't recommend, uh, Chairman, is that we make a charge for this. So I wouldn't recommend that to um, the Cabinet. 
So, just just to clarify, Councillor Waters, you, are, are you moving uh, recommendations two. Up, up two and three? That's correct. Thank you very much. And uh, yes, we, we're just moving recommendations two and three. Does that find a seconder? Thank you, Councillor Rolfe. Councillor Rolfe, as the sort of joint um, owner of this document, do you wish to comment? No, I, I absolutely endorse everything that Councillor Walters has said, and he, he, he very skillfully chaired the working group to find the correct balance between public safety and commercial opportunity. And uh, I, I also endorse that we, um, we, we delete um, recommendation four uh, and uh, adopt uh, recommendations two and three. Thank you very much. Uh, does, did, did I get a second? I don't think I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Thank you very much, Councillor Rolfe. Does anybody else wish to speak to this particular item? Looking around, I don't see... Oh, Councillor Redfern. Um, I just want to ask one question, which may well be in here, but I haven't spotted the answer myself. But, so you've got a four-page leaflet that we're going to send, is available to businesses that have an A-board. So do we, are we sending that, are we going out A-board spotting, or do they have to apply for the leaflet or how do we get to those businesses? No, I understand this is going to be circulated to all the retailers as a document. Thank you. Councillor Rolfe. In addition to that, we ha now have two active um, high street uh, um, teams in, in Saffron Warden and Dumbo and an emerging one in Stansted and they are very much engaged in the process uh, which is described by Councillor Walters. So as he as said, everybody will receive the documentation but it is being discussed at, uh, at the um, the town team uh, meetings. Good, thank you very much. Then I shall put the recommendations, uh, paragraphs two and three on page 74 to the vote. Those in favour, please show. Councillor Redfern, are you? Thank you very much, that's carried. Right. Item 15 on our agenda is the scrutiny car parking report which Councillor Barker is going to deal with. Thank you Chairman. Chairman, this evening we are being asked to consider a number of recommendations from the Scrutiny Committee's work on car parks and car parking. The proposals that we have here are uncosted at present and it would be premature to agree to implement these without further work. The exception to this is the introduction of pay by phone across the district which has been introduced at no additional cost to Uttlesford <coughs> District Council. However, this does not mean that progress has not been made. In the budget this year, we set aside £80,000 to do a thorough review of car parking provision across the district as exists and what may be required in the future. We also created a strategic reserve which could be used to implement agreed proposals. Paragraph 14 sets out the scope of this review, which will incorporate the ideas from the Scrutiny Committee and some additional areas of work. There will not be a single report, but rather a series of reports by officers, as some proposals can be brought forwards far sooner than others. At Swan Meadow, for example, design work on options for increasing capacity within the existing car park is nearing completion and can be considered alongside Proposals 5, the allocation of specific season ticket spaces, uh, Proposal 7, improved signage, and 9, better advertising of free after five parking of the Scrutiny Committee's report, as well as the possible relocation of coach parking. <coughs> Any agreed proposals could be implemented ahead of this year's Christmas shopping season. Also in Saffron Walden, a brief for consultants is being developed with a view to reporting back by the end of June 
on a further proposal to increase capacity and provision in the town. In Stansted, there have been discussions with the Parish Council, who wish to see additional spaces in Crafton Green. This idea can only be progressed once the Parish moves forwards with their proposals for a community hub. Further consideration of Scrutiny Proposal 2, a rebate scheme, will probably best be considered at this point. In Lower Street Stansted, we are still awaiting agreement with Hilton Developments in relation to the Health Centre on the final car parking arrangements and agreement. Once this is in place, and once the Parish Council has decided on the future location of the skate park, then we can move forward to look at detailed ideas here. This is subject of part of Recommendation 4 of the Scrutiny Report. The report does not make any specific recommendations in respect of Great Dunmo, but here we need to see the impact of the changes to the free parking passes in Chequers Lane Car Park, where in excess of 100 residents currently get four hours free parking a day, and also to consider the future of the New Street Depot site. This cannot be progressed until a suitable alternative site is found for the depot. Other options for increasing parking in the town can be investigated. Chevron, I think you will agree that we have made a good start on addressing some of the recommendations put forward by the Scrutiny Committee. As we move forward, we must ensure that local members, the Chambers of Trade, the town teams and the public are involved in any changes we may introduce. I would like the Cabinet to agree to a slight change to the recommendations and to A, note the report on car parking and the progress to date and B, agree the scope of the officer's work and request that detailed reports with costings are brought to back to Cabinet at the earliest opportunity. I understand, Chairman, that um, there's some interest in Waitrose, and I believe Mr Taylor has an update there, if you'd like Mr Taylor, Taylor to... would you like to comment on, on that? Thank you, Chairman. Yes, um, I'd also mention that in terms of Lower Street Car Park stands that I met on site with Hilton Developments and the Parish Council this morning to discuss the car park and location of the skateboard parks. That work is also moving forward. Um, we've continued to have uh, numerous meetings with Waitrose and their advisors and our advisors. The first of a series of about 15 or so legal agreements has been signed. That will enable Waitrose to carry out their initial works um, on, the, on the car park, um, initial drainage works um, during May. So that work is imminent to commence. Um, the conditions are mostly discharged in relation to that. And the negotiations obviously continuing regarding the, the entire rebuild of, of the car park. That is still on schedule to commence, um, I'm going to say the 5th of January, but the first week in January for a six-month period with no car park. And then the store opening again in October time, 2015. So that work is, is ongoing. Um, a considerable amount of effort is, is ongoing, both the legal team um, and, uh, and, and also looking at uh, retaining further advice for the council at Waitrose cost to uh, get our um, experience in relation to construction and the construction clause of the legal agreement to ensure that our position and the position of the Pig Market Trust is uh, <coughs> adequately, uh, adequately maintained. Thank you, Mr Taylor. Right. Now, yeah. Can I, just, can I just see if there is a second of a Councillor uh, Barker's proposal? Can, can, thank you. Uh, and you, you're happy with the amendments, Councillor Chambers? Thank you. Councillor Mawson. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, I'm sure members of the Cabinet will agree that this uh, piece of work, which was led by Councillor Evans, has been very detailed and uh, very extensive. Um, she's sorry that she can't be here tonight because she's on an Ofsted 
um, inspection, but she was hoping to come along tonight to raise certain concerns that she has. And so um, she's asked me on her behalf to do that. Um, the first concern is the length of time um, it's taken from the commissioning of the report uh, to come to Cabinet. Um, in, at scrutiny in December 2012, we decided to set up a working party, uh, which were given its terms of reference in April 2013, and it reported back to the scrutiny committee in October 2013. Um, and yet we're now in March, and um, it seems to Councillor Evans that uh, it's taken a long time for this to come to the Cabinet. Um, she is also concerned that officers have been either implementing or suggesting recommendations of certain aspects of the report informally um, without any referral to herself as the author of the report. And she also is concerned that the report is being subsumed into the larger car parking report for the district. And because of these developments, the scrutiny process has been undervalued. Um, I know she's been in contact with Councillor Barker by email and uh, I've been uh, copied into some of the concerns and I know there's been some correspondence there. But she has some specific uh, concerns as well. Um, on the actual introduction part, item five infers that some recommendations of the report would result in a decrease in income for some car parks and she's not sure what the decreases would be and would like some clarification on that. Um, item 12 states that officers have recommended which aspects of the report uh, which she, as I've said earlier, feels aggrieved that she has not been included in this as the author. And she would also like clarifications on what is happening with the following uh, aspects of the report, that um, the four-hour tariff at the common car park is to be discontinued, or is it? The investigation of 30-minute free car parking at all car parks except Swan Meadow. The impact of new developments on existing car park usage. Better advertising for free parking after 5 p.m. Exploring increased disabled parking provision at the Rose and Crown. Issues relating to the new Waitrose car park. Well, Mr. Uh, Taylor has mentioned something about that, and the allocation of specific areas for season tickets holders at Swan Meadow. So I think to sum up, um, she's done a very good piece of work. Um, she does feel somewhat aggrieved about the time span and particularly her lack of involvement in any um, work that's been gone on since the, the report was published. Mr. Mr. I think Mr. Taylor perhaps will. Councillor Barker, you want to come in first? Okay. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Chairman, I, ha I have responded to, to Councillor Evans and apologise for the length of time this has um, taken to get there. Um, regarding the implementation of certain aspects, as the, the, the report points out, some of the additional signage and um, promotion of the airport hotline, they are, they are management issues, and they've just been carried out in the normal course of work. I, I don't think it needed to come to Cabinet or any other forum to actually order a couple more signs. I think that would be disproportionate. Um, if you introduce <coughs> half an hour free car parking, there would evidently be a decrease in income in those car parks. It's also um, quite difficult to monitor, quite difficult to enforce, 
Um, it would have to be with a ticket rather than without a ticket, so somebody would still have to go to a machine. Um, but it is something that will be looked at in the round. But we can't look at it before we've done a full costing of it. We do have data from NEP that will help us do that. But as we are not this year, um, as far as I'm concerned, intending to review the car parking tariffs at all across the district, then I think doing a one-off bit about 30-minute parking um, standalone from everything else would be inappropriate. When we next do look to review car parking tariffs, I think that should be concluded as, as part of that. Um, as I met, Mr. Taylor may want to add some more bits, but I'm surprised that Councillor Evans isn't pleased that we've done the additional signage and promoted the hotline and, and, and something else, rather than... I'm not sure what she would have liked to have seen instead. Councillor Mawson, uh, would you like to just put your... Sorry, yeah. sorry. sorry, Lena. I think the tenor of what she's been saying is that after working on the report, she feels that she um, should have been uh, privy to some of the decisions that have been made as a result of the report. I think that's her main, her main grief, gripe, if you want to call it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Mr Taylor. Um, well, Chairman, I can only apologise. Uh, parking is only me. So in terms of uh, why something's been moved together in terms of other work on car parking being done within the district, um, if there's only me working on it, then it might, I might as well do it all together. So there's, there's, there's some sort of logic in relation to uh, subsumed into other bits of car parking work. Um, Councillor Barker is right. We're not looking at changing car parking fees this year, although we did, Cabinet did agree to review them in 2014. So it seemed a logical thing to consider all things like the, the car parking tariff on the common, the 30-minute free charging, uh, free car parking, bring all those things together into one review and present a coherent package to Cabinet um, and obviously report back to scrutiny for their consideration. That seems to be the most sensible thing to do. Um, yes, officers have tried to move various things forward, both in terms of decisions Cabinet had already made, for example, the, uh, the pay-by-phone, or uh, options that uh, the scrutiny report had, had raised. Um, certainly, I've been in email contact with Councillor Evans um, and Councillor Dean regarding signposting in Saffron Rolden, um, the car park, so I'm not entirely sure there hasn't been that level of dialogue um, but I'm more than happy to meet with Councillor Evans um, to take this forward and, and to explain the, the workings um, if she would find that helpful. Councillor Mawson, are, are you content? Yes, that? I am. I, I, as I say, I just feel the, the main issue here is um, she feels that there's not been any communication or not much communication with her who has done a lot of work and that's, that's I, I'm sure we, as I say I, I, I wouldn't wish to, to, to think that it was undervalued because I'm sure, I'm sure it's not uh, Councillor Redfern um, I too wouldn't like um, Councillor Evans to feel that her work was undervalued I thought it was a um, very good piece of work but I would like to point out her, uh, the comment you've relayed about how long it's taken to get to this point and you can tell that perhaps she wasn't a member before we had cabinet system because I would think that that would still be going round and round in the circles of various committees Councillor Rolf. Uh, I, I too welcome the scrutiny report and uh, I'm sure, well, Mr Taylor has just indicated uh, that uh, in terms of consultation going forward, so please take back the message to Councillor Evans that uh, uh, the work has been appreciated. Um, as the um, Member for Economic Development, as, as far as car parking is concerned for me, it's about capacity, it's about convenience, it's about cost, and all of that together delivers footfall uh, for the benefit of retailers and businesses 
and opportunity, obviously, for other activities to, to visit. Um, and uh, it's very important that we get that balance right. And as Councillor Barker said at the beginning, um, this, will be, this does need to be considered in the round. The current situation, uh, colleagues will be pleased to know, when research work was done for both town teams in um, South Morden and Dunmo, where independent uh, objective observers came, to both those towns, they, they were very complimentary actually about the car parking. Uh, they were clean, uh, they were easy to use, and uh, so we, we, we do actually start from quite a good position, although complacency must never set in. Um, and, and finally, Chairman, um, uh, like everybody else, uh, very good work is being done about uh, the impact of the loss of over 300 car parking spaces next January, um, uh, and uh, we will continue to do that work so that, uh, as best we can, Saffron Walden is not negatively impacted uh, during the renovations at Waitrose. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Rolfe. Councillor Barker, for my purposes as much as anything else, would you like to just reiterate the, um, the, um, the amendments, please? Uh, yeah. Thank you, Chairman. The revised recommendations say to note the report on car parking and the progress to date and B, to agree the scope of the officer's work and request that detailed reports with costings are brought back to Cabinet at the earliest opportunity. Thank you very much. With those amendments, can I then uh, have a show of hands on the recommendations at paragraphs 3 and 4 on page 96, please, Chair. Thank you very much. That's carried. Right. Still with Councillor Barker, we move on to item, uh, agenda item 16, the Felsted Parish Plan. Thank you, Chairman. Isn't it, isn't it a lovely document? And I feel that I know every single picture there because I seem to spend a lot of time in Felsted in a by-election last year, so uh, very familiar, I think. Um, Chairman, Felsted Parish Council have agreed their parish plan with input from a very impressive number of responses from village residents. I myself attended the exhibition last June, which was a well-run and well-attended event with very good refreshments. The plan commits to implement a neighbourhood plan to protect and enhance the rural nature of the parish, to introduce measures to reduce congestion and improve parking both in the village centre and a watch house green around the school, to provide houses for local residents and to maintain green spaces. Chairman, Felsted is a lovely village, which I'm sure will be very apparent in 100 days' time as the Tour de France whizzes through, watched on television, by thousands of people. On that day, there will be no parking and no congestion for once. I recommend, Chairman, that we adopt the parish plan as approved guidance in determining planning applications and set out in paragraph two. Thank you, Councillor Barker. Is that find a seconder? Councillor Chambers, thank you. Certainly, uh, it, it is geographically, in any event, it's one of our larger parishes. It is a very big uh, spread out parish. Does anybody wish to talk to this? Councillor Rolfe. Just a very minor correction. In actual fact, I think Felsted are looking at quite considerable parking capacity <laughs> for the Tour de France. And I just wanted to add, Chairman, that um, uh, all the communities obviously are, are, are taking the tour seriously. But uh, the planning in Felsted, uh, in, in terms of demonstration of community activity, is absolutely fantastic. Um, they believe that they'll be attracting thousands, literally thousands of people to the, um, the day's activities that they're putting on. So it really complements uh, you know, the beauty of the place, the fact that it's, it's a pretty vibrant community as well. Thank you, Councillor Rolfe. Councillor Barton. Chairman, I would add that uh, Felsted Parish actually has a Felsted Events Committee, which I believe 
either this year or last year, is running a sort of 450th anniversary of the school. And I've had a grant for a big marquee so that they are very up to village life and community events and uh, very well organised indeed. Okay. Anybody else wish to speak to this item? Councillor Redfern. Um, just, I just wanted to say I think this is a really lovely document. Um, one of my own parishes, um, Great Chesterford, is working on their own um, uh, pl parish plan at the moment. But it's kind of, um, it, in the action plan in here, it kind of amused me to see what, what we hear so often from all parish councils. The parish councillors are all volunteers working on behalf of the residents of the parish and they need volunteers to help from the community. How many times do we um, hear that cry from various parishes? Councillor Chambers. You would expect me to say this, Leader. Uh, if you, you notice on page five, it mentions about the Normans and, of course, being in there in the doomsday book. So uh, I, I'm delighted to say I think it's a delightful uh, document. Uh, and I'm sure we uh, will look forward to it going for another thousand years. Thank you very much. Then uh, we've <coughs> I shall put this to the vote that the recommendation at, at paragraph 2 on page 99 be approved. Those in favour, please show. That's unanimous. Thank you. <laughs> Item 17 is the conservation area appraisal for Felser's neighbour, Little Dunmow. Chairman, it was that same election. I know Little Dunmo fairly well as well. Um, Little Dunmo Conservation Area was first designated in 1980. Uttlesford District Council has a duty to periodically review conservation areas, and this appraisal is the outcome. From October 2013, planning permission is now required for the demolition of non-listed buildings within a conservation area. Positively identifying these properties is therefore a priority for this appraisal. Within the parish, there are 45 listed buildings and 15 within the conservation area itself, including a tombstone and a pump. Five of the listed buildings have long straw thatched roofs laid at an angle of 53 degrees and 50% date from the 17th century. The buildings are all Grade 2 listed, with the exception of the parish church, which is Grade 1. A custom that you're all aware of was originated here at the original priory. He which repenteth him not of his marriage, sleeping or waking for a year and a day, might lawfully claim a flitch of bacon. The last claim... He, he's got one. The last claim made under this tenure was in 1751, and the original flitch chair, mainly made from a pew, still resides in the church. The flitch ceremony, which took up the previous tradition, was started in Great Dunmo in 1837. The officers are suggesting a few improvements outlined in paragraph 1.91. One of these is work to an eroded verge south of the church. From visiting Little Dunmo, I must acknowledge that the council houses and former council houses that sit in this location adjacent to the church have the most enviable outlook of any housing I have ever imagined. But I do wonder if this very eroded verge actually belongs to this district council itself. Perhaps this could be looked into. The report also highlights the potential for a number of Article 4 directions in the future. Houses of particular interest, which are not listed, include the old vicarage, the old schoolhouse, 1 and 2 the street and Priory Farmhouse. The officers have incorporated comments from the parish and from residents, but are proposing no actual amendments to the conservation area boundary itself. <coughs> I would like to thank the officers, particularly Mr Tice once again, for their work on this very informative and interesting appraisal. I move the recommendation, Chairman. 
Thank you very much. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Cleveland? Yes, just to say it was a very, very good document. It, uh, I know the area quite well, but I always get lost in it between two lanes where the church is and the other one. But it is. It's a, it's a lovely, lovely hamlet uh, or village. And uh, I think the pump is quite superb, and it's nice to see a village pump that is kept so well. We have one on Smith's Green, which is not so good. Thank you. Was there somebody other outside wishes to speak on this? No? Okay. Um, well, I think that, uh, again, uh, conservation areas, both uh, in parish uh, and town, are part of the reasons why, part of the reasons why Oxford is the number one place for quality of life to, to live uh, in the United Kingdom. We do have a recommendation uh, on page 101 at paragraph 4 that the conservation area appraisal be approved and use it to assist in the process of determining planning applications and for implementing management proposals. Can I have a show of hands in favour of that, please? That's unanimous. Thank you very much. Uh, moving forward, we have uh, item 18 on our agenda tonight. Item 18 is, <coughs> is in two parts. The first part uh, is in public. The second part is a um, part two um, item, but Councillor Chambers, perhaps you'd like to deal with the first item. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Leader. Thank you. <laughs> the, um, yeah, every, every year, Leader, we have a small number of debts above £5,000 for which there are no prospects of recovery. Inevitably, a small proportion of debts go bad and have to be written off. Set out with the report are details of five business rates accounts, one council tax account and three housing benefits accounts. In relation to the pink paper, which we would take in part two, if any member wishes to ask any questions. What I would say to you is that um, it, it, it is always extremely difficult when you come to write-offs. People always say, and, and they've said fairly recently, why does it take such a long time? I tend to agree with that, and I'm sure that the officers would agree with the same principle. But because they, have, they are legally entitled to go through all these different things, it does take a long time. I don't like it. You don't like it. I'm sure the public don't like it. But it is a fact of life that if you have legalities like this where they have the right to do certain things and go through certain channels, it does take a long time. So I, I apologise personally for that, but if we can do something about it, then we will do so. But we are like all other councils in the country, Leader, which you are fully aware of. It, it is a real problem. So I would like to uh, <coughs> propose in part one the business rates total of £37,889.13 pence be written off. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. That find a seconder. Thank you, Councillor Barker. Right. Members, anybody wish to speak to this item, which is, is a quite straightforward uh, matter. Uh, as Councillor Chambers said, we, we, we have to do this from time to time in order to um, uh, take off our, our books these unrecoverable sums. So, members, I, I will put to you Appendix A, 
part one, business rate total £37,889.13. Can I have a show of hands for the write-off of that amount? Councillor Barker. Uh, Councillor Redford. Thank you. Thank you. That's unanimous. Thank you. Thank you very much. Then uh, I shall...